Welcome everybody to If I May, a podcast with me, Dylan, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Brent, and Nick. In this episode, we're going to be talking about video games, journey to pro leagues, and land gaming. We talk about new movies coming out, uh, remaking older movies, and talking about past singers. And then, of course, we round up the entire episode with Game of Thrones. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, make sure not to listen to the end of the episode. This is episode 48. Let's go. Do any of you guys play Thank Rainbow you. Six Siege? No. Uh, I have it downloaded. I have always wanted to play it and uh-huh. wanted to be good at it because I feel like it's a game similar to Call of Duty that I could get into, but I just haven't. Mm. Yeah, it now and now it's like one of those games where like it's been out for so long that if you're not if you haven't been playing it, it's not really because they're so good at it. So it's hard like even in like the casual gameplay, everybody everyone's knows exactly so good. Where it, even be. me, like I I took such a big break that when I play Rainbow Six again, I'm just getting creamed and it's in casuals. You were like so on a semi-pro even... team for that, right? I know. Yeah, what's, I was. What's the story there? I don't. So I, I, I partially remember this. I know you were like a backup player slash practice squad player, or maybe you even like competed in a tournament or two. Like, what, what was, yeah. the, what's the backstory? What's the background there? I can. All right, so I was playing with a group of guys that I've been playing with for years. So we all of us were like really close, and we we decided that we we were all we're all from a previous clan uh, from Battlefield, Battlefield Four, and Battlefield Three before that. Uh, we've all been playing together, and then we just we decided to play Rainbow Six Siege, and there was a group of five of us that were kind of playing together every single day through college. So I was in college; they were I don't know whatever they were doing, but basically <laughs> we'd get on every single day, and we would basically practice. We'd play for hours every day, and we'd play Rainbow Six Siege. And we got to the point where we were competing in uh, weekend tournaments, and um, and we got pretty good. And we were studying the game. We were drawing. We we're making strats. Um, so we're strats are like different um, strategies to get to an objective. So you have people holding certain angles. Some people are breaching certain walls. While people are watching their backs. Um, so Rainbow Six Siege is basically a first-person shooter chess game. Once you get into the higher levels, um, so you have everyone watching each other's backs, watching angles. Um, you're basically working step by step by step to get to a certain objective. Um, you definitely see it in the pro leagues if you watch how they they all they all seem like they're they running around kind of sporadically. But yes, everyone has their assigned spots. Their every 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 little thing is planned out. Like they're throwing smoke grenades here, flashbangs here. Someone's watching this angle. Someone's peeking this angle. Like everything is kind of every, they practice everything. So everything has to be planned out. So we spent. We would spend like hours. I would play. I purposely scheduled my like senior year of college. I would you schedule your classes around practice. I did. So like <laughs> I would, I would, we'd practice from like five p.m. till about four a.m. and then I would sleep. Oh, just a couple about, hours of practice each day. It's like eight hours every single night. So we would we'd play like a ridiculous amount. Of, I'd put a ridiculous amount of time into it, and then um, and then uh. I would sleep until like 11 and then I would have class from like 11 till three or something like I only had a couple hours of class my senior year. So it was like a perfect time for me to be doing this. Anyways, um, we started playing. Um, I'm trying to think of 
go for our six tournaments. They're basically uh, Rainbow Six tournaments that you sign up for weekend, and um, and it was like a there was like a cheap entry fee. It was like twenty five dollar entry fee or something like that. So like we all put in five bucks and and uh, and you'd be able to compete. And basically, it was just kind of a way for sponsors to kind of check out like who are the new upcoming teams. Um, and so and everything is tracked. You can go online. And you can check out the tournament stand stand standings, I guess is what it's called. Um, so you could see like which teams, because you get certain points based of how based on how well you do that weekend. And then from there, those the teams that win those tournaments and they get picked up, basically they are the ones that you are working up to your higher level tournaments. And then as you win these tournaments, um, basically you're competing every weekend and that's pretty much how you get into a uh, pro league is you have to work your way up through these tournaments and then by the time you get up to like the pro league level you've earned yourself sponsors they're paying for all the tournaments they're paying for your tickets whatever so how, how far did you guys it, get up this chain so um we got to the point where we started getting sponsors and we didn't get we like didn't really uh get paid like we didn't get to that point but we were kind of like uh, teams were checking us out, and we ended up getting picked up by um, Lethal Gaming. So they were like one of the new upcoming sp- upcoming sponsors. Like all the sponsors are kind of starter companies that are trying to get their names out too. So like not all these companies can really put up a lot of money right away. Now you all obviously you hear about the bigger companies like Cloud Nine and and uh, TSM. TSM like obviously those are more like they've got funds. They have teams and. In- games multiple sponsors like those are the big money teams but there's a lot of other sponsors out there that are sponsoring new upcoming teams hoping to make it big because the the players make the sponsors money so obviously so some team made those companies a lot of money and obviously league of legends so um so now these teams are kind of branching off so some so now you see yeah basically the, for the players aspect the players get a consistent paycheck Instead of relying right. on sponsorships, that's basically the organization's job is to get the sponsorships. Whereas like the sponsor the, the is players, making the money. Yeah, but I guess like the players could be making more money, but because they're working for like a team, they get like a consistent paycheck instead, right? Is that basically how it works? Yeah. So it's yeah. So basically, in the highest um, tier, you, anyway. you signed. Yeah, up in the highest level of esports, the players are making their sponsors the the money. So like the players really aren't making like. A lot of money the sponsors are getting most of the money from the tournaments it's still like a ridiculous but, amount of money for like a yeah, 14 15 a 16 year old exactly but the sponsors are the ones that are actually getting most of the money and uh but the sponsors are the ones that are some like for example i think it was cloud nine or tsm like they have their own house in uh las las vegas or not los uh, los angeles so like it, once you get to that level, like all the they basically pay for the players to come out, and they basically live in this house, and that is their job is to play video games. Um, so that's kind of like the higher level because now the sponsor can kind of support the players. If I may, real quick, Dylan, do you have some basketball players playing behind you? I do not. <laughs> they, there's a there's a like a chirp. A, like a I know and <laughs> the, all right so the fire detector out in the hallway of my barracks literally just started beeping like <laughs> a second ago so that's the thing that I'm going to have to deal with so I might be uh muted for the rest of this podcast <laughs> and I'll kind of chip in here and there but that's the thing that's happening so just something you have to deal with I was wondering if you had some basketball barracks. players you know 
you know, squeaking just their shoes. squeaking on the cords. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Let me close my door at least, see if that helps. I'm sure it will. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so that's kind of like the gist. So we didn't get that far. Start making money. We basically were getting um, kind of like the sponsors are kind of checking out our team, and uh, and we we basically got to that point where like we were playing under the name under the title of a sponsor. Like we were able to get um, like our own logos and our own jerseys made and that kind of stuff. Dude, but sick. we never, yeah. But we never really got to the point where they would pay for us to fly out to a land tournament. I think like a couple of our guys went to I want to say Brazil. They flew down for like one tournament, and so they went down for one land tournament, and I don't think they did very good because like oh, no. go out, when you go down to like the land tournaments, that's when you see like the big, like the big teams, the guys with the big money. So these were just some dudes that they ended up like paying their own way down to Brazil, and apparently it wasn't like super like super expensive, but the guys that could go went. I couldn't. I was still in college, but I'd say if I may, I would say from like a. It seems like from a League of Legends perspective anyway, like some of these up and coming teams, like they'll do really well in those kind of tournaments and then have like their top one or two people picked off by like the pro teams. And then that team's crap again because the one or two like super crazy good people on the team just get picked up by a like a quote unquote legit team. Yeah, that's what happens. And there's like a lot of a lot of rules too. And people kind of find things that like maybe as they start digging into your team and they might find like hey, this dude is 17 years old and he's not 18, so he obviously can't play even though like, he's one of your better players. Yeah, we so, can't pay like, him or whatever, yeah. Well, he wasn't allowed. So we had a dude on our team that was 17 years old and we were playing in these tournaments or winning all like these go for our six tournaments. And then we get, they like went down to the land tournament and they're like, you're 17, you can't play. We're just like, what? So obviously oh, that that's sucks. something that we, pro- we should have known. Even with like but, was it was his parents there or something? Um, no. No. Oh, but uh it was just one of those things where like they looked into the team and was like, Hey, this guy can't and he was like one of the players. That sucks. So yeah, so after after I graduated college, um the team kind of like split ways, kind of fell apart. And uh and that was pretty much it. So yeah, so now <laughs> what I'm saying is after you take such a long break from a game like Rainbow Six Siege, um, there's a lot of new operators. Um, so there's a lot more characters yeah, that more do the different game. things. There's a lot of new map. There's like a bunch of new maps. So now I'm I'm basically a brand new player to a game that's been that I've been playing for years. If I may, Nick, didn't you used to play Rainbow Six? I remember there was a Rainbow Six game I used to watch you play back in the day. Yeah, there was a, a an old school one from yeah, good, good description back in the day uh, that I used to play on the computer, and it was an old game when I picked it up, and I would say I was never that great at it. Um, the top clan, never mind. I, I was fairly good at it. The top clan. <laughs> I changed my mind. Uh, Actually, I was I was a beast. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not going to say I was a beast, but I, I was good enough to get into the top clan uh, in the in the in the still played the game. Uh, it was uh, Shake and Bake was the name of the clan. Nice. And they were they were the top clan uh, online. And I tried out because they held uh, somewhat regular tryouts and pretty much everyone I'd gone to uh, just to like watch 
they annihilated everybody. But I'm sitting here like, do just as well as these guys, if not better. And I did end up making it onto the team, uh, which was nice. But um, I never took it too seriously. It's not like I tried to do any competitions or um, do anything fancy. But I was solid. I, 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 I won't claim I was you know top tier. I never would have made money. I, I was not. You know, that, that life was not meant to be by any means, but I, I enjoy competing in games, especially video games. doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, I, I'm a pretty good gamer overall, but um, no, to say you're, that you were part of a team at all like that uh, in college or, or at any other time is, is, is it's an achievement. That's pretty cool. The, the closest thing yeah. I ever was to that was in college, my freshman year, uh, one of my good buddies that I hung out with with freshman year him and i got we're like super into call of duty we literally played call of duty every single night specifically modern warfare 3 because that's the one that just came out when we were playing and dude we played that game like crazy and we actually did uh i think they're called game battles where you do two on two and it'd be like a randomly assigned map somebody would have to host i think we only played like three official matches on the page one of them we didn't read the description correctly and it was a third person view um call of duty which was a new option. And I, we were not prepared for that. Uh, there's definitely different strategies for third person and we were not good at it. I could only, I could imagine like peeking around corners. <laughs> right. And, well, like it's call of duty too. So bad. it's just like completely against what you're normally going for. We literally were just yeah. looking for like, what's the n- next game battle that somebody's offering. We'll just join in. And we saw it and it was like doubles this map. We like that map. Perfect. We're in. And we didn't like fully read through the rules that said, it was third person, but the other two matches we played, I think we won one, lost the other. So we're like one in one in three overall one for three online, but it was a fun time. Plus we just played a lot on our own. You said you scheduled your classes around um, competitions or practices for this team. Correct. I did. Uh, Yeah. So just for comparison, uh, what I can share uh, and I forget if I think it was modern warfare two when I was in high school. What I would do is I, I was a high school football player and very committed to uh, weightlifting all summer. That was basically my job. Uh, I was very fortunate that my family could allow for me to do that. But my job was to to lift and work out and then I picked things up and put them down. Exactly. Um, but my schedule <laughs> in high school and, and, and not just me. I mean, it was pretty much every football player on our team in our, you know, for our school. So we would wake up for like, I think it was, I think it was like 8 a.m. It wasn't super early, but 8 a.m. lifting. I mean, I guess also in the summer as a kid, 8 a.m. is pretty early. But you had morning lifting, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, you had morning lifting. And then you also had a running program that would run from like 9 to 11. <laughs> there was bowling. So you would come home from either lifting or running program, and, and then everyone would log on to call of duty. We would all play. And then we would all go bowling at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Cause there was an anti-drug program that gave everyone like a, a free game of bowling, uh, once daily. So we would go pretty much every day. Nice. There should be more free f- drug free programs out there. I'm sure there, there <laughs> are. I just have no idea what it was, but it was through the school and it was to encourage us to behave in other things. But the schedule was literally wake up, work out, uh, 
go to Call of Duty. Uh, in the afternoon, after a little bit of Call of Duty and lunch, we would make our way over to uh, the bowling alley. And then after we were done bowling, we'd go home, we'd play more Call of Duty. That evening, everyone would basically be playing Call of Duty unless we were meeting at someone's house for a, a get-together, a party of some variety. Modern but it was get together, And that get-together would be Call of Duty. Occasionally, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that, uh, that you guys would play Call of Duty. I kind of had the same thing, except that Halo. Like, everyone would get together, and this was in high school. So, like, after, on the weekends, we would, we would go over, my buddy had his own house. And we would go over to his house, and like all of us would come Wait, over. In high and school, your buddy had his own house. Sorry. Yeah, he did. And so his family <laughs> had two houses. So the kids lived at one house, and the parents lived at another house. And oh my god, that's do, like they the just ultimate let them do rich they parent thing. The house. They weren't rich at all, but they just like they just didn't have. They just, they just I don't know what houses? happened. I don't really know how this happened, but they ended up with two houses. <laughs> Put the kids over in that one. Screw it. We'll take yeah, ours. Yeah, and that was like that was like the party house of high school. So That's like crazy. we'd all go over there, and we would all play Halo until the evening, and then we party in the evening. But like we'd play Halo through the night. Some nights, like we went when there wasn't any parties or anything. Like we would literally all come over, and he had like this huge TV, and we'd bring like multiple TVs. And we'd hook up like with Ethernet cables. We'd hook up all the Xboxes and TVs, and we would just like have tournaments of Halo, like all in one room, all if night. May, we'd pull all nighters. If I may, two quick, I maybe three quick Halo stories. If I remember the third one, I get to it. But first one was my very my freshman year tennis practice. Our coach was super into Halo. Like if you had his gamer tag on your console, you were one of the cool kids. I didn't even have an Xbox back then, <laughs> but like that's literally right when the 360 came out was like when I, the time I'm talking right now. But mm. so we were getting ready for tennis practice and it was like the first week or something of that, like the first week of the year. And it was raining out or like crappy out and the courts were wet. So you can't practice outside. So our like quote unquote standard practice was to run laps around our school until you basically hit a mile and then we're done for the day. You just do push-ups and go home. So instead, like some of the other older JV players were like, coach, coach, we should just play Halo. Let's play Halo. Come on, coach. And then <laughs> he's like, he's like, initially he's like, no, no, like that'd be awesome, but no. And then they just kept on prodding at him. He's like, okay, fine. You have 20 minutes we need two Xboxes, an extra TV, and all the cables to hook it up. If you miss anything, we're running double. And they're like, got it. Ooh. They literally jumped in a car, sped off. We all went up, and we had to run circles until they got there. But, like, no joke. Within, like, ten minutes, they were back. They had two Xboxes, an extra TV, because they used the one that was already in the teacher's room, who was our coach. And, like, set it all up, and we were playing Halo instead of practice. And that was my very first experience with Halo, and I sucked. Second quick story was at camp, which Brent could probably elaborate on. That way I'm not just talking like crazy. And that's we would get two Xbox 360s going, hooked up via LAN cable, because up at camp there was no internet. So we get LAN cable going, like hung up from the ceiling with duct tape in between the two rooms. And we'd be playing on two Xboxes, four people on each Xbox, you know, eight total, either four on four, or the other big one was zombies on Halo. That was so oh, much yeah. fun where you're sprinting around as a zombie, but you're really easy to kill. That was the best. Well, the cool part about Halo 2 is that, like, it was really popular. Everyone played Halo 2. But then there's also, like, open maps and open custom. It was, like, the first game yeah, where fully you could customize and, like, build your own game modes. So like, we would make, like, huge zombie maps and, like, you'd make it, like, damn near impossible for all the zombies to get to you. So, like, you'd be up there. And but when there's enough of them, like, you get swarmed. 
Yeah, you just spend like an hour just like having two people up in some ungodly location and just like a swarm of zombies trying to get up to them and they're just shooting them, mowing them down. Basically, you're just jumping, everyone's swarming until they run out of ammo. The best... So the- like, the best map for that was either the sand one in Halo 3 where you could get sand up on that lock. ridge. Yeah, you could get up on that ridge and just like, we always played humans would get snipers and shotguns and then zombies would be just crazy fast but have no armor. So one hit kill pretty much no yep. matter what. And then swords. And so like you have people approached up on top of that dune like hill and like the zombies had no chance until they they eventually pick off the couple people that are being, you know, silly or getting bored with it and then you're getting swarmed. The other really good map was the one that had like the pipe on the right hand side. Like it's a water assault kind of thing. And there's like a complex, but off to the right, there's like a secret pipe entrance. You get two people poached up in that pipe facing opposite directions. You're basically unstoppable. Mm. How did you feel about Halo reach when they first powers? I liked reach. I thought reach was good. Uh, Four, I didn't play enough of, and then I don't even know what they're at now. But up was to Reach, powers? I liked Reach. Was the powers from Reach or was Halo 3 had powers? No, uh, no it was Reach. Reach had the right three. bumper activation where you could do And a you quick like had the big bubble shields sprinting or sprinting or. Yep. No, I, just, I remember Reach had a lot of the game modes that were really great. Like it, something about the game itself, Reach just felt better than most of the other Halos. Like the other Halos were a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing them, but. There's something about Reach that just stood out to me. Because Reach had health and shields, because it was supposed to take place either right before or right after Halo 1 or something like that. I think it was before. It was a prequel to Halo 1. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for when it all comes to the computer. I think that'll be really cool. The Master Chief collection on the computer? Has it yet? Has it dropped yet? No, it's going to be a while, I think. How is it a while? It's been programmed I, for years. These games, it's I know, be up to four or five. Kind of it's so long. What do you, they originally released for it. They originally yeah, released it for the computer. Anything. But I, I think it's going to take a while for them. They're just not. It's not rush. They're not going to rush it. it better it's like half I saw something on the news today that I thought was like... And um, what it was, it was they are having AI digitally remaster old games and then they're going to re-release them as like obviously did but they're having ai remaster them and one of the games that was on their list was diablo 2 like one of their main awesome one of their main games that they were advertising people to check out because it was going to be like the the brand new beautiful graphics and like i I think they were going to add more to the game but one of the their showcase game was Diablo 2. And I was like, wow, I would have never guessed. That Dude, that's I want what Diablo 2 with Diablo 3 controls and interface. Right? That would be so amazing. And, yeah, that'd be super fun. And like, I, I wish they could add more to the story because it's like everyone's played it over and over and over so many times. So I wish they could add more to it. We'll see how that goes. I don't know what's going to happen if we're going to have to pay for that after it's been remastered. I have oh, no idea. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, so speaking of, you know, like this new Halo coming out and or old Halo coming out again, and 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 Diablo two coming out as remastered. What's the like the next big thing? Like I, I don't know. I've I've fallen behind. I guess on in gaming, games, but like, well, just in general. So like, April was a huge month. Game of Thrones got re released and. Uh, Endgame came out like things that people were hyped for. Or, 
I don't know. Um, I need something behind. Talking about like the new future of gaming is that what you're talking about? Well, just in general, general, like, gaming, but like, what should I be hyped about coming up for this summer? Because I just I I don't know. What's, what's the new what's thing that everybody's out? gonna be talking about on social media? Uh, well, give me <laughs> one moment. Are Are you googling? Checking social media, trending using hashtags. Google. I think it's the uh, the next gen systems. Theoretically, uh, PlayStation and Xbox both are due in the next year or two. Uh, I don't know if that's the timeline you're looking for. Due to have a a quote unquote next gen system, um, but what about the Google system? Oh, that'll uh, be cool. We yeah. talked about that. When, does, when does that drop? I yeah, I remember. When does that drop? Do you know? Have, I'll look it up quick while you guys continue. Okay. The new John Wig drops this Friday. That that does have me hyped, actually. Thank you. I need I, to watch I number two. It. Nick was right. What? I watched number one. It was great. I need to watch number two. You haven't seen number two yet? Oh, God. It gets... I don't even want to talk about it. It's so good. Yeah. I liked I liked one better, but it's still... They, they continued it. It wasn't like it dropped off, which was... Not, no, I, I so so that's a good one. I do I do agree. Getting hyped for John Wick is pretty exciting. Probably yeah, wait I mean, for it to get out of theaters, but I'm looking up the genre of movies right now coming up. And you say you're gonna wait for it to get out of theaters? Probably. I just I don't go to theaters. Like anything was awesome in theaters. I see. I didn't see the first two John Wicks in theater. Yeah, so you so can't ruin his experience level. The experience has been <laughs> just based off of. What's you know TV screen? I don't I don't know if I want to mess with that. That's a good Try point. Like some movies don't like are great movies, but you don't need to go see them in a theater. Um, like I'm sure a lot of like chick flicks in general aren't definitely like, theater worthy the movies in the sense that they don't have anything like crazy visually for like you know battle scenes or you know something that makes it even cooler to see it on a big screen. Like Lord of the Rings. If you didn't see Lord of the Rings in big screen, you missed out a little bit of the the experience of Lord of the Rings just from like the grandeur of it and like how the the scenes and what like the the battles and all that. I agree with that. Like Shazam, for example, great movie. You <laughs> you don't need to see it in theaters. Uh, great. Are, are any of you guys planning going to see this new Pokemon movie? I want we'll to. Going. What'd you say? I will be going, yes. So this is a great example of one that like, I don't think you need to see in like the Pokemon movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it's probably one you wouldn't need to see in theaters unless you're really excited about it or you're just looking for something to do and you're like, let's go to the movies. It, hey, it would I just be a like top option. The movies. I don't know. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. Like, it's probably going to be pretty funny. Yeah, but oh, the yeah, Green Lantern had Ryan Reynolds in it and that movie you're, was you're right. a hot mess. So. <laughs> that was his <laughs> flop. That was, he's on that top was now. Rough. He's on. He's he's heating up. He's on fire right now. I don't think like what's the last flop he's released? Green Lantern. Yeah. And maybe yeah. X Men get- Origins or whatever. I don't know when that one oh, released. Have you guys to Green seen Lantern. the trailer for uh, Rocket Man? No. Yes. I, I I don't know why those movies are trending right now. That's because I actually uh, the really like the actor. Well. well, right. That's what I mean. Like, why are they making movies about artists like that? Uh, now. Because this uh, life actor, is so interesting. Um, the life of Elton John, like, dude, I want to see. So, like, obviously, they they just made the movie about Queen, and like, they're all these old school 
I guess not old school because they're Gaga. still alive, but like, but yeah, that was a the great Star movie. And like, yeah, so obviously people are interested in the art now and uh, they want to hear this, like, the life story of these artists. And like, to be fair, they probably know, have like, crazy stories in their lives. They have to. The life of an artist is so bizarre and interesting. And like, you have to be to make it big. Like, you have to be interesting and outgoing and like, who was more outgoing than Elton John? Like, just look at him. He's like, he doesn't get <laughs> fabulous. Give he's fuck. fabulous. Yeah. He's... <laughs> if I may, I, I I am super excited for one reason. I, I do like the actor. Uh, it's the gentleman who plays uh, the main character in the Kingsman series, which apparently they're making a third one of that. No, Good. It's not exactly Good. A, guy, a get hype moment, but I like the first two. They're they're they're, very, they're different. They're, if you save the nice... world, I'll give you butt sex. I'll be right back. <laughs> They're a nice mix on James Bond because I'm a classic James Bond kind of fan. And and the Kingsmen have been, I mean, silly, but solid. I've, I've enjoyed it. Not oh, saying yeah. they're theater worthy in all cases, but it's been fun. Uh, now, the guy who played uh, Queen or whatever. Yep. Or Rami. Whatever his is. Uh, he was in uh, a show, I something, like where he's he's like, he's got a mental health issue and he it was really good. I, I got, I'm blanking on the name, but he did a series where he was the main character, uh, like a computer savvy person. I, whatever. He was awesome in that. And apparently he was like the bright spot of making the movie. The movie itself regarding queen was, uh, poorly rated. Not that I'm always a, a believer in the critics, but they basically said nobody told him it was a crap film with a, with a crap, uh, plot. And he showed up and just acted his heart out and did an amazing job. And everyone else was garbage based on what the, the reviews anyway that I saw, which I would believe because the dude is in- incredibly talented. On here, it says that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody got eight, 8.1 out of 10, which is pretty good. And the main star is uh, Rami Malek. Yeah. What, uh, what else has Rami Malek been in? Um, I think they were, I it, I'll, I I'll thought they were intentionally thinking Mr. Robot. Mr. Uh, Robot, that's what it was. Uh, really interesting series. Who hasn't uh, missed not that you... Mr. Robot? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I haven't I think... seen it either. <laughs> I, I liked it's a really interesting series. I'll try not to spoil it. <laughs> I liked his performance. I couldn't finish the movie. It didn't It didn't grip me. I got kind of bored halfway through, I think. I've had it sitting on my I hard like drive for a while happened. to watch. And yeah, I just... I see what happened with the Elton John movie, too. I think I'll, I'll be interested until I get bored. I think Michael Jackson would be a pretty interesting. Or the Beatles. They were to do a biop. Oh, sorry. Let, let's biop. let Nick finish. Yeah, go for it. Well, no, I don't. I don't have a whole lot more. It's just I, I think uh, if you were to watch Mr. Robot, you you would be surprised that it's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good little series, and, and I think it was on like USA or some no name network, and. Uh, I did watch it. It's it's pretty solid. He's he's a very good actor. And if the Elton John uh, movie is anything like the other one, uh, it's it's got an actor I enjoy watching. So I'll probably check it out. Uh, I'm not going to the theater for it though. So uh, one one movie I I'll, I'll be quick, Dylan. One movie I just saw in the theaters that I didn't. I, I went with a group of friends. Like Juliana's co- some some of her coworkers were going, and I was like, sure, I'll tag along. We went to the long or long shot, not the long shot, just long shot. It's got a, a Seth Rogen and Charlie Theron. But that looked like it was going to be amazing. But oh my I've, god, I've also... Nick, you will love it. Like I was, I was, 
I went. I had very low expectations going in. It was right, hilarious. After, after, um, it was so good. He like, was the same guy in Knocked Up, right? Uh, the sure. uh, other blonde. I don't remember. I don't I think remember it was knocked in up. Knocked Up. It was I don't remember him. Knocked Up. I need a different movie reference. Okay. <laughs> Seth Rogen. I know Seth Rogen. He's in. Was he? Is that the one you're saying for Knocked Up or? Yes. Yeah, I didn't watch Knocked Up though. Google it. <laughs> He was in an interview. That's my favorite movie of South Rogan. I only saw that once, Dylan. It was with you. And (laughs) (laughs) that was a good night. (laughs) You're saying it was a good movie, though? Uh, What's it called again? The interview? interview. Oh, no. I was talking about, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, The Long long Shot. The Long long Shot. shot. Yeah. That's where he is a reporter and he's like reporting on this political candidate who was the girl who babysat him, who he had a horrible crush on. And yeah. then because he's reporting on her, he travels with her everywhere and she can't get a boyfriend because she's traveling everywhere constantly. But conveniently, but he's traveling with haplessly her. Fall, fall in love, of course. Yep. But then everybody's like, no, you guys can't be together because he's a, he's a hobo, basically. And you're going for president kind of thing or, you know, politician. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see it. it was hilarious. Like, I would say it's, it's an, again, one of those movies you don't have to see in the theater. But I would recommend seeing it because it's so funny. Like, I, if you're going for a movie theater, it's a worth a watch. If you've already seen Endgame, cool. I, right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it because that was one of the movies that was previewed a lot. Um, that looked like it could be good, but because of prior works by uh, Seth Rogen regarding romantic comedies of varieties, uh, they haven't gone over well. So to hear that that, that one's good is that one was funny. I I enjoyed uh-huh. every single joke. Wakanda forever. <laughs> How do you guys feel about them remaking, uh, like the movie producers remaking older movies that, like for example, I just saw that they're trying that they just remade The Lion King. How does that make you feel? See all these Disney old? remakes with like live action, I think are a little Stupid. bit hit and miss. Stupid cash grabs. As, as growing up with the story, I don't, I don't know if I like it. I think Lion King will be good. I heard they screwed up Dumbo, and that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I haven't seen that one. I'll wait until it comes out on DVD. But it looks bad. It, like I, I, I heard they changed the story. Because it, I heard they even changed the story. Like it's not even the same storyline. So like I they get, that, they have to stay that? very true. I think Jungle Book was done well. They stayed very true to I the original story. I didn't love it, but I think it did well. Like it stayed true to the original story. It added a little I, bit I more depth it. in certain areas, like why the tiger hates humans because he was burned as a child, you know, as a young tiger or whatever. So, cub. They, yeah, cub, you might say. But I, I think they're hit and miss. I, I, we'll see. As long as they don't yeah, butcher it, I'm cool with it. And at the end of this, actually, in or two weeks, they're releasing Aladdin. Oh and uh, at the end of this month, they're releasing a new, like, a remake of Godzilla. Godzilla Another remake ones. of Godzilla? Is that a remake? Well, yeah. Godzilla is a continuation of the series. Yeah. Is it? That's Dude, there's been so okay. many Godzillas. Okay, that's, well, that's Godzilla's mojo, is to have a gazillion different types of Godzillas that just transform throughout time. That's mm. that's the joy of a Godzilla. You don't go into a Godzilla movie expecting to be good. You just go and expecting <laughs> to be entertained yeah. and hope that's okay. You're, you're not saying things that are sentences that mean anything. 
No, it no, does, no, it, no, 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 no. I'm actually totally on Brent's side here. Like Godzilla, no, you... you know, there's going to be a battle scene between a Godzilla and some other monster or, you know, the army or something like that. Like that's what you're going there for. Not for the story. If so you go in to watch a Godzilla movie Arminator. for the plot, then you need to reevaluate Thank your you, life. Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. If you what go into a Godzilla say? movie to watch a plot and, and to get a story, you need to reevaluate your life and realize that you just are, like Transformers, you, you only get for the action. Name, name a Godzilla movie that was really driving you. That last Godzilla movie I watched, horrible. I, I had a friend that claimed it was a phenomenal movie, went like four times in a row. Hey, but you're also no. the one who's saying Game of Thrones is acceptable right now. The last episode was. We'll and get the Game of Thrones talk at the end. You, Just leave Game of Thrones And with the that, end. you've lost all credit. <laughs> That's not true at all, Nick. I, I think you might be No credit of thing. any kind. Whatsoever. I'm just saying, what name a Godzilla movie that was was compelling in any any sort of way? Godzilla. But the plot. I mean, there's a giant there's monster that takes over Tokyo. Godzilla, you, come, you come to yeah, watch. That was a really good pun, by the way, Kyle. He, he's <laughs> not listening and he has no credit, so I, I, I have to give you the win for the the pun there. The, you just said Godzilla because there's four movies. There's at least four movies that. just called Godzilla. Was well, I'm point. saying you can't you can't name one that you would say, oh the Godzilla, Godzilla. Okay, tell me the plot of it. Uh, Godzilla came. Exactly. I just proved my point right there. You can't name a single plot of Godzilla because actually, not more compelling. Actually, I, I can, but you're not going to listen anyway. So I'll listen. I'll listen. We and don't need to hear about the 1999 Godzilla. That, that was pretty exactly. good. The well, Godzilla, okay. The Godzilla looked awesome, but the storyline was so bad. If you're throwing in the 19... I don't think there is, is a 1999, but if there is, if you're there throwing is. in the 1999, that doesn't count. <laughs> All right, Dylan. No. On, uh, on the subject of Game of Thrones, uh, there's a new X-Men coming out featuring Sophie Turner, uh, who is Sansa Stark. I'm kind of excited to see that. Have, have you seen the commercial? The new X Men. I think I've seen an early teaser, but I have not seen the full trailer. If yeah, released. it's uh, Dark Phoenix, I believe. Uh, yes, she's Dark really powerful. Phoenix. It comes out in June. I don't know if I'm a big Sophie Turner fan. Generally, I'm a pretty big sucker for a redhead that's cute, but for whatever reason, like I, I don't like Sophie. Like she's not a bad actress. I, I'm not. It has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Her character's fine. She did a fine job with Sansa. Um, Just but fine. I, I, I'm not saying she's my favorite character because she's not, but I, I'm not holding that against her in any way, shape, or form. Like, I just, I've seen her in a few things and I've not really said, ah, oh, yeah, that's Jean Grey or, oh my gosh, she's such an amazing actress or, or, oh my God, she's just so hot or, or something that sticks, stands out for her. I think she's a very, like, I like how so hot is one of the potential criteria to have. Her stick out for Nick. Scarlett Johansson, dude? dude. No, she doesn't do it for me. I don't remember any movie besides Black Widow Scarlett Johansson's on. Honestly. Uh, is there a Black... There's not a Black Widow movie. Well, once that comes out. But but <laughs> other both. than the Avengers stuff, she's forgettable in my opinion. Uh, she's I'm in a looking couple... Forward. She was in a romantic comedy where she was dating... Uh, was it like Ryan Reynolds or somebody? Throbs, where uh, he was married... And the wife he was with was absolutely crazy. And she was this young girl, um, has a great scene of her in the pool um, with him. And like, it's the hotel scene, like uh, from Tommy boy, where the hot girls in the hotel and like in the pool with him and does her thing. And he's like, Oh, well I can't, I'm married. And she tries to seduce him. It's, it's a great scene. But um, 
she she's in a, a couple different things like that. Uh, there was the one where she became God, essentially. What was the name of it? It's she got she was a drug mule accidentally. The bag of drugs. Oh, um, that movie was terrible. Oh, I remember seeing that movie. Um, shut the hell up. It was. It was actually. No, 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 no. Because the plot made no sense at the end. If you think it about really it, did. she like speeds up, and then all of a sudden she gets these like weird computer like pro- like. I she don't know. It's like the same. All those movies have the same problem. Equivalent of a god, and then left a bunch of information for mankind to take in the computer. Like not answering everything, so but giving help? them. I have no idea what help. you guys are talking about. I I'll, I'll look <laughs> at it. I don't, I don't need either. <laughs> oh it, it was um. Nick watches a lot of movies apparently. Movies. I do. Well, I remember seeing it where it was um. She does. She like gets drugs shoved up her her butt basically, and then I've seen okay, Rick and Morty. No, that's not at all what happened. Oh my god. Is it not for that? <laughs> it was up so how was she drug mewling I, I, I will not listen to you talk about movies for the rest of the All right, podcast. Nick, what was it called? Maybe for the rest of your life. What was it oh called? My God. If you can tell me what it was called, <laughs> I'll trust that you know what the movie is. Oh, hey, how about this? Instead of going down the stage, it's tangent, called Lucy. If it's I may, let's go around like what if you have to name three movies? Oh, you get two movies and one oh, TV it was in her show. stomach. It was in no, her Brent, stomach. we're going past that. Oh, it was shoved up her butt. Yeah, it was her stomach. Movie, if I may. Gentlemen, please. <laughs> you have to pretend that somebody that you just met has never seen a single movie or TV series in their life for whatever reason. They're Amish and they've just they've never seen a single thing in their life. You have to name two movies and one TV series that they have to watch. Like, what are your two movies slash one TV series that somebody just has to watch in their lifetime to make sure their life is complete? Um. Boy, that is. Oh, well, a... Okay, well, default to Game of Thrones. That's you can't use that. No, I'm not. I wasn't going to. They ruined the final two seasons. Um... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a little creative and hit like different genres, I'm okay with that. But keep it limited. I was gonna say it depends on the person and what they like. No, but if you I'm just... your favorite movies of all time that somebody has to watch these movies. That's that's two different things though. Your favorite movies and have to watch are completely. Separate thing. You get the idea. You can name whatever movie comes. I get the concept. Uh, for a TV series, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Uh, however, that's not my answer. No, no, you my have to pick one answer. Actually, can't be named five. In, can't be named five different series. I know. Better Call Saul is is a a TV series that is on a level that most people uh, who who don't pay attention uh, can't appreciate. But Better Call Saul is one of my favorite series ever is that thing done yet was the entire thing at once i think they just came out with a season in the last six months um i, I, I don't want to start it two, until it's fully complete though i, I, I can just binge the whole thing not it may not be a good binge watch actually but um better call saul was was amazing from 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 my perspective i really enjoyed it and movies so many. I was born and raised on McClintock, which is an old Western movie with John Wayne. Uh, ends up with him spanking or his him spanking his wife who left him uh, and is just being sassy. So it's like one of Nick's two choices. Like, he picks that. Okay, what's your next choice? Hey, McClintock's a great movie. 
<laughs> I've never seen it. it well, there's a there's so many great scenes. Uh, the, the mudslide scene is absolutely hilarious. But I was raised on that movie, so McClintock and um. I'm going to stick with McClintock. I only have one answer for the movies because I can't pick a second one. All right. I want to go next. Do it. All right. So I wrote a list I've been like thinking about. I Honestly, I haven't really been listening to you at all. I think because there's so many different movies that I've seen and grown up with. Um, my very first movie that I would be uh, murder on the oriental express um not the new one the new one apparently sucked i didn't see it because i didn't want it to ruin the old the old one is so good i don't know, understand why they remade it um i think it's because not everyone has seen it but the original one is amazing it's basically a perfect recreation of uh, a hercule perot murder mystery so which is what it's based off of um my second my second movie would probably be the martian uh, with Matt Damon. That's a good one. I think it's one of my favorites. Um, that's one that I, I've watched multiple times and I could probably keep watching it over and over. It's just, it's so good. The ending to it is a little cheesy and I don't really like the ending to it, but the whole, like the movie as a whole is so good that I just love it. And then for a TV series, um, I really enjoy um, the TV series Sherlock with um, Alan Cumberbatch. That is a good one. That's probably actor. my. That's probably one of my. I favorite. need to catch up on that. It's been, like I watched the first season and the second season. I think they released another one. I need to rewatch the whole thing. It's so good. Yeah. Did I say Alan? Isn't it? It's Alan Tierney, is who you're thinking of from the the other movie that he also. I'm plays thinking in. of Benedict. I'm thinking of Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. That's the that's his yeah. first name. I don't know why I thought of Alan for some Alan. Time. He plays Alan it's, Tierney in the one war movie where he vents the computer or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. I got is, you. Is, who's play Sherlock. He's an he's, awesome actor like, in general. He's perfect for Sherlock. I think that's the most perfect actor I've ever seen for Sherlock. Anyone else, uh, if I may real quick, did anyone else see the meme where the one missed opportunity in, uh, in uh, what's the Marvel Endgame? Movie? Endgame. Don't ruin, anything. Don't ruin anything too much, just in case. Okay, spoiler We've alert for Endgame. Fast forward like 30 seconds. Uh, the one missed opportunity in Endgame was for Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch to, at some point in the movie, look at each other and refer and like say, like, nice job, Sherlock. Oh, is there oh, a Sherlock, Sherlock reference? Sherlock I did not catch that. that no, been, they didn't. They didn't, but that could have been didn't awesome. Miss it. But it could have been. Oh, that's not spoiler worthy. I would say that that's that's safe. If I may, I, I won't. Assuming Doctor it. Strange comes back, though, if you that, that oh, is I spoiler. suppose. If if I may, I want to throw out a a moment this past weekend. So we were skyping my family for Mother's Day, and we're talking. Like I asked my parents, "Have you seen Endgame yet?" And and they had not. And Heather, Heather, my wife is like, "Oh, blah blah blah, dies," and. She hadn't seen the movie. She doesn't know anything about it, but it's just like the perfect spoiler for it. I just looked at him like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? Like, she basically spoils the entire movie. Dude, my mom. Mom, if you're listening to this. Uh, she does. I just talked to her. That was she definitely a spoiler on Facebook. Dylan, did you see that? On No, I, I don't have Facebook anymore. I, I shouldn't. My, anyhow. <laughs> 
uh, Juliana's sister posted something about on on Facebook about Game of Thrones or something to the effect of like I think it's better this week or something like that. And my mom's like, I can't believe how they did in so and so. It was like one of the characters that died. Like uh, that's not really a spoiler. So, you know, there's gonna be at least one character that dies this next episode if you haven't seen it yet. But she's like, I can't believe how they did in so and so. And it's like, mom, like. That's a spoiler. And like Juliana called her out on it. And then my mom's like, that wasn't a spoiler. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not a spoiler. Anybody who reads that now knows that that person dies. Like, what? come on, mom. Disappointed. Come on. You can't be saying spoilers without, you know, at least having a huge tag of spoiler in front of it. All right, All right Brent, so, I want to hear your, well, I, I, uh, I, I, my movies, yeah, Brent. My, my, my TV show I would pick would be Mashed. And it's a, a long running series, one. just a, a phenomenal portrayal of just the whole wide range of human emotion. Um, almost every episode is entertaining, and it's one of those few series that ends on a really high note um, of just having a phenomenal conclusion to everything. So I, I would say MASH just for the versatility. And if you watch that series, you're going to have a really pretty good time of an iconic TV show. You have a favorite episode? I I don't. I I guess I don't watch it enough to to keep it in. But oh, just one of those favorites. Where if I if I were to I, I need to get into it more. You went like you went to more. sleep at camp almost every single night watching Mash. Yeah, I know pretty much every episode. What's That's your favorite? What I was episode? My favorite episode is Point of View, and it's an entire episode where you are point you're in the point of view of a. Uh, of a casualty so basically you are you the you it you opens are the dead up. person the whole time you're the injured character and you fly in in the helicopter and you you basically fly in in your bubble shield or whatever it is like the on the side helicopter. of the air yeah and uh and they like clinger and i i want to say um I'm trying to, anyways, they basically pick you up and put you on the the. Uh, you see the all the main characters from that person's point of view. Yep the whole yeah the whole episode is from the point of view of an injured casualty. So like you, it's an entire episode. You're laying in the bed and you're going through surgery. You're going through all the stuff as the as the casualty. So it's super interesting and it's definitely it's it's like the one episode that's in a different point of view from all the rest of the episodes. It's one of my favorites. And that's one of the things I liked about MASH is it was one of those shows that wasn't afraid to push the bubble. Um, Another show I can think of that's sort of like that is Community. I wouldn't recommend that for if no one's ever watched TV to watch Community. It's it's not that great of a show. But in terms of they're not they're willing to experiment with how they are a director or, or how they show their story. And, and I really appreciate that out of MASH. Um, for movies, I'm going a little bit more simple. Um, I, I'm going Finding Nemo uh, just because I think it's one of the stronger Pixar movies. And if you want to approach movies from an animated way of approach, like Finding Nemo is that kind of movie you'd want to watch. Just a really nice feel good, but yet for the time, especially like visually stunning movie that has a good storyline, fun to follow, good good comedy. I, I really enjoy that. And I feel like if you're going to watch an animated movie, like I, I was thinking maybe Toy Story in there as well, but like Finding Nemo kind of fits that bill uh, as a good introduction a to one. the Pixar realm. And, and the other one too, I wish I could give a little bit more creative with these um, just on the time crunch of trying to think of them, but like 
Iron Man, the one that started the whole Marvel franchise. I mean, oh, that, if, was on, that was on you my like, list. If you like action movies, you're, you're willing to go in and you like superheroes and you like thinking about it like Iron Man transformed the superhero genre. It transformed action genre in a, in a lot of sense, I think, in terms of you now are open to 20 plus movies of the Marvel Universe that this is the introduction to it. And based off of Endgame, and I know it's a little bit recent, like we've been, I just watched it, so I'm really hyped about it, but it's like, Based off of how everything concluded, it's like yeah, that's you, you get the start of the story and the end of the story for like the Infinity War saga or whatever. It's it's just one of those things where it's like, if I was going to introduce someone, be like, hey, if you want to spend a lot of time watching TV, if you want to spend a lot of time watching movies, Iron Man, this series, start with that. Yeah, go, start go with Iron that. Man and just go in chronological release order, and you'll have a good time. And I would say, like, Lord of the Rings is that same kind of... Brent, you can't pick up... You can't so. pick up... Stop picking movies! That was literally going to be my TV series instead of a TV series. You You're killing me. You're killing me. All you, all you, sorry. <laughs> like, let's just name five more <laughs> movies after. <laughs> okay. My number one movie, I would say, and it's honestly, it's not one of my favorite movies, but again, if it's one of those movies where you have to tell somebody you have to watch this movie before you die, Schindler's List would be one of them. I think that is a fantastic representation of that situation in World War II. And I think that's one of those must-watch movies for people in their lifetime where you should watch Schindler's List so that you get a true, at least, idea of the kind of stuff that happened in human history to make sure that we don't repeat that kind of thing again. So that would be number one. Uh, number two was going to be Iron Man. Like, that would have been my solid, like, that that's fantastic movie. I guess, ooh, I will go another animated of Zootopia. I think that's like Ooh, just one. a hilarious, like if you're going to go animated movie, that is hilarious. Like that is per- literally perfect for any age of person. You will like Zootopia for TV series. I guess I can't really think of a really good one. I mean, maybe some of the Star Trek series might make sense for somebody to watch, but it's not for everybody. So I don't know if I could re- recommend it to like have to watch. Plus, I haven't fully watched all of Star Trek. But yeah, I was going to say Lord of the Rings as like a semi-substitute for a TV series. Don't even screw with The Hobbit. Screw The Hobbit. Like, don't even watch that. That's not worth it. But seeing the Lord of the Rings movies, they're they're such iconic books. And having it in movie form and well-done movie form uh, is pretty awesome. And especially at the time, it was some of the biggest budget stuff out there. And... I think all the CGI and whatnot still holds up pretty good today. All right. Now, do we want to talk about the TV series? I think we have to. It's, uh, this is going on uh, pretty long. It's time. Well, uh, it's good for you to say that. <laughs> I'll try to clip that. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll take this episode. I think... It's my turn. Go for it. Sure. Okay, so this episode, if you're not caught up to season eight, episode seven, six, five, nailed it. Of <laughs> <laughs> seven, six, five, four, three. If you're not caught up to season eight, episode five of Game of Thrones, you might want to turn this away slash turn this off. Uh, we appreciate you, but. You definitely don't want to hear this if you have not been caught up on the episode. Overall, 
I'll do my quick two cents on the episode, then I'll just go through a quick rundown. Uh, my two cents is better episode than normal as far as this season and last season goes. I, I was, I was, I was, I was cool with it. Stuff happened, and I appreciated it. So, how did this episode start off? It was now I can't remember even how it started. What was the Artist. very first thing? Artist was sitting there scratching letters. Ah, yes, and, you're right. Uh, okay, John so John arrives. Yep, yep. So it opens up with Varus scratching letters, basically that he's planning on sending out to everybody he can, saying that John's the heir to the iron, the true heir to the Iron Throne. And then he hears that Grey Worm and them are coming to take him away, uh, to be killed. And he quick burns one of the notes and throws it in the jar and gets taken out to outside of Storm's End. Not Storm's End. Dragon's something. Danny's Dragonstone. Dragonstone. And uh, basically gets lined up. Tyrion has a really cool moment with him saying, hey, I'm the one that sold you out. Like, it was me. I, I feel like I'm obligated to say that. And then uh, they execute him via dragon. Um. After that, they cut to Cersei, I believe. No, they cut to Jamie and Cersei, or Jamie trying to get to Cersei. I think it was first the Hound and Arya get to. Cersei. Yeah, they were showing everybody getting into the city. So yeah, the Hound and Arya were getting it, got in. Jamie didn't quite make it, but he'd also oh it, that, so snuck into the city. yeah so Jamie got captured by uh. Daenerys's men on the way down to uh, King's Landing and Tyrion ends up freeing him saying, Hey, you need to tell Danny or you need to tell Cersei to surrender the city. Otherwise Danny's is going to burn the whole thing. Like, please convince Cersei to surrender the city. And then I'll set up a boat for you so that you and Cersei can escape and live somewhere else with your child and be happy. And Cersei will go for it because she cares about her child. And I just want to save as many people in the city as I can. So Tyrion basically betrays Danny by releasing, releasing Jamie to allow him to get to King's Landing, uh, to potentially try to talk Cersei into surrendering the city and leaving with him basically. Uh, so, uh, the Hound and Arya make it into the city, uh, but Jamie misses the cut. He tries to like wave down the guards, but then he ends up going down to below the city, uh, to try to go in through the same entrances that, uh, Davos did. Uh, when he was smuggling stuff back and forth, like the same entrance that goes through uh, the dragon's skull basement area. And so he tries to go up there uh, and then he gets confronted by um, Greyjoy, uh, the the Euron. uncle or Euron. And I thought that scene was okay. They had a quick tussle. Basically, Euron's like, oh, I, I fucked the queen. I, I'm the king now. You're going to slay another king? And they, they have a little battle. Euron ends up stabbing Jamie twice. Uh, Jamie runs a sword through Euron. And Euron's like, oh, well, I got you, though. I got you, though, like as he's dying. I thought that was an okay way for Euron to go, personally. I think they, they pro. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else they would have done with Euron that I would have been cool with. But they, I don't know. I was cool with that ending of Euron. Um, in between the cut scene of that and slightly before that, they showed the start of the battle. Uh, Danny basically comes through and somehow, I will say, miraculously uh, torches all of the ships in the harbor uh, that are <laughs> guarding. The, the whole Iron Fleet is just gone, where before it was a big deal where she couldn't charge them. Like, she did take the good strategy of coming from the sun, 
Like that was a good legit strategy, like for her first swing. And I was totally cool with her first pass of destruction, but to say she got away with destroying the entire fleet without a scratch, I thought that was a bit of a stretch. Uh, I think they, they showed her jumping them pretty well. And I was cool with like the first, like, you know, 30, 45 seconds of her frying the ships. But then it's like, okay, they don't even get a single shot in her. And then she does a similar thing. So as Jamie's battling, Daenerys is doing a similar thing to the city where she's coming up behind the walls, destroying all the like ballista scorpions that they had mounting all over the walls and just like destroys them all magically without getting shot once. Again, it's like I I get the element of surprise and I, I, I get that, but without a single scratch, like the dragon came out with literally not a scratch on him. And that dragon by the end of this episode must've been hyperventilating because even I breathing in and out that much, the entire episode would have been pretty exhausting, but like, anyhow, so Cersei or Daenerys ends up blasting through the back of the wall that like, so the entire army is on the outside of the walls facing off against the golden company. And Danny comes in from behind the wall and blasts it from the inside out. The, Starks and the Unsullied and half of the Tar- uh not Targaryens, um the uh the horsemen. Wow, can't think. Dothraki. Dothraki. They just have like a shit ton of Dothraki somehow. Like <laughs> th- that that was a bit silly. And again, I don't think this episode was that bad. I think it was the previous episodes that set up this episode to have its couple failures that it did have. Like the, in previous episodes, they showed the dragons getting easily sniped by these arrows. This episode, they're not touched by them. It, you know, it's literally, I think all the big faults of this episode were caused by previous episodes. The All the Unsullied and all the Dothraki that were able to attack somehow magically, especially the Dothraki. I could maybe believe the Unsullied, but the Dothraki, that amount of them going through the city, it's like they showed us in a previous episode that they all died. All of them with flaming swords. And now they're like magically uh, people there. Actually, they did have a couple running back. Like they three retreated. Or four. They showed four Dothraki total, maybe coming back with Chora. Is it showed it completely wiped out? And anyhow, um, but they start the the armies flood the city. They start raiding it. Uh, they eventually, as Daenerys has gone around, it's she, she's toasted all the scorpions. She perches up on top of a thing overlooking all the Lannister armies and whatnot. The army, her armies coming in through the city gets butt up face to face with the Lannister army. Lannister army gives up. They drop all their swords. And it was at this moment where the episode, nothing really much happened after that in the episode for the battle besides Danny having this weird look about her, about how she's going to, she's gone too far. Right. She has gotten to the point where she's hurt. Her friends are all gone. Nobody trusts her. She can't, she doesn't know who she can trust. She's going to take this and she's going to make sure that she's, she cracks. Right. And she starts burning the city like crazy. Yeah. She loses control, starts burning the city. It, it's all over for the city. She's, she's fully unleashed. I thought for a little bit, she was just going to flame the entire army, but no, she just starts blasting the civilians Everybody, when she was flaming the whole row of army, I got that. Like, I get it. She doesn't want to deal with the like the army, but then she starts flaming civilians, and it's like, oh, Danny, like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Come on, like, I th- like her flaming the army. I thought was bad. Like, oh, you don't need to do that, but I get it. And then when she starts flaming the civilians, it's like, okay. 
and that she doesn't stop. The rest of the episode, when everything else that's happening, she doesn't stop the entire episode. She just blasts the entire damn city. It's just toast. Like, even during the episode, I'm like, dude, just go for the castle itself. Just screw the castle. You know that's where Cersei is. Screw the ca- Leave the people alone. Screw the castle up. Like, you can rebuild the castle. Like, screw the castle. No, everybody. Anyhow, so eventually Arya and the Hound get themselves to the center of the city, into the Capitol building, into the castle, and uh, they're, they're walking through, and they have this really cool moment in the courtyard, which I, I, I liked it. There's some mixed thoughts about it online, but and maybe you guys feel free to jump in on this scene, but I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good way for the Hound to be like, hey, like, bro talk, Arya, this has consumed, like, this revenge thing has consumed my entire life, and look where I am now. Like, my life has led up to this moment, and look at how old I am. Look how much of my life I've wasted going up to this moment. You don't want to be like me. And then Arya just kind of, like, has a, you know, thinking moment. She's like, you're right. You're right. I don't want to be like that. And then she just dips out. I, so, quick question. Yeah. Uh, was this scene, was this basically the Hound freeing Arya of her list? Is this what this was? I think so. I think it was the That's Hound what being like... claiming it was. It was. I don't know if it was freeing of the list. I think... I will be disappointed if Arya decides to kill anybody else next episode. Like, I don't think... Like, they're trying to show you that Arya might kill Cersei. I don't think so. Uh, it'll pro- It'll very likely end up being Jon having to kill Danny, if anybody. Not... Sorry. I maybe said Cersei. But I don't think Arya's killing Danny. I think, if anything, it's Jon. Or maybe Tyrion, but most likely John. I think um, it's gonna be John. Yeah, this, that's the only one that makes sense to me is him being like, "I'm sorry," and you know, doing her in. Uh, as far as okay, so the Hound kind of says, "Arya, dip out. Like you're you don't want to be like me." And Arya's like, "Yep, you're right. I don't." And she's out. Uh, Nick, did you have something to add to that? I'll let you get your two cents. Oh, I I thought it was absolutely stupid. Okay, and that's Nick's two cents. Um... <laughs> What did what did you guys think about the battle between the Hound and the Mountain? Yeah, so let me yeah, let me let me wrap it up real quick cuz that's pretty much the end of the episode, right? So, the the Hound uh ends up Arya turns back, the Hound keeps going up the stairs that Cersei and the um the Mountain and I forgot the other gate. Her 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 hand were coming down the stairs and then uh basically the Hound's starts walking forward toward or sorry the mountain starts walking forward towards the hound and then Cersei's like get back here like stay by my side I'm scared and then her hand is like listen to your queen and he just smashes that guy's head I thought that was so yeah I thought that was so good like it was kind of like Frankenstein's monster killing Frankenstein I thought that was the perfect way for him to go he wasn't that major major of a character but I'm happy of how she how he went um, I didn't even put that together. That he yeah, was he was the one that saved him mountain. and like made him a zombie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he just smashed the only person that saved his life. And then Cersei's just like, I don't want a part of this. So she just like walks past Clegane or the the Hound. And I think I get the Hound letting her go. Uh, like initially, my reaction was like, Why? Like kill her? Just kill her quick. But I, that was not his goal. His goal was to kill the Mountain. He does not even care about Cersei. That's not part of his life mission is anything to do with Cersei. So I, I, 
I was cool with Cersei just walking, dipping past her, him. And then we have the Clegane Bowl, which I'll, I'll let Dylan go into it. Sounds Dylan, sounds like Dylan's excited about it. But then Cersei uh, dips out, ends up meeting Jamie, ends up meeting Jamie in the dungeons. They try to bail. Uh, there's not enough time. And when the whole castle collapses, they just die in each other's arms. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. Like, that's, yeah, I if I may, so one lame. more note, one more note before Clegane Bowl. They had a lot of screen time related to Arya running through the oh, yeah, yeah, that was, and that was the end, end. And they also had some screen time dedicated to John leading the armed the the foot soldiers through the city. And uh the as the city tried to surrender and uh, Daenerys said, No, I'm just gonna keep burning you. Uh John was horrified and stuck trying to save people and towards the end of the episode, uh he, he simply orders a retreat out of the city because Daenerys is burning everybody and everything. So he orders a retreat to escape from the city, to escape from uh, the flames. And they also had a little bit of wildfire that they showed explosions of the oh, old yeah, patches yeah. Uh, that were a legend to be there uh, caught on fire throughout all the explosions. Um, not nearly enough to be a material impact. It's not like they were blaming uh, the, the murdering of the, the people on the wildfire. They were just kind of showing that that was a, a factor. Yeah, because there was a huge lore about how like he had a ton of these made and stashed around the city, but they don't think they got all of them, and they get worse and worse with age, or, you know, more potent with age. So I, I thought they that was a good touch. Nah, I, th- I think they did a good amount. I, I I agree that they could have driven the story differently in having it look like Cersei's the one that killed them with the wildfire, or, you know, make Cersei... Make, have Cersei make it look like Danny killed everybody because they're with her using wildfire. But I don't know. It, it was, they could have gone a different way, but I don't think it would have been better or worse. That might've been too deep. People, people probably wouldn't have understood or they'd have to explain it afterwards in the credits and be like, this is what we're see. That's the beauty of game of Thrones though. If you're not watching from the beginning, you shouldn't really get it. Like I do not care. I'm sorry, but if you're just watching this season for the first time now, I don't care what you do or do not understand. Like right. I'm not like if, if you're just starting now and you're like, Oh, I don't get it. I don't care. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been watching seven seasons of this. This is the final season. I don't care if you don't understand by starting in the final season. Right. All right. So the, uh, click game bowl, uh, first off I thought was pretty predictable. Now I didn't, so, all right, so I guess I could walk through what all happened, but basically uh, I'm going to do a real, cre- real, real quick summary. Um, the the Hound basically realizes that he can't kill Mountain. Uh, he stabs he, him so many times. He gets beat up. He stabs him. Like, the Hound gets his eyes, like, gouged. Uh, he puts a knife through the Mountain's head, and the Mountain pulls it out of Just his like head. Just like, whatever. So he realizes that he cannot kill the mountain. And I, I called it from the very beginning. I was watching it uh, with my family and I told him beginning, I'm like, they're both going over the side. Together. Oh yeah, for like, sure. There's, there's no more poetic way for them to go since this is their life. Their life story is for them basically competing with each other and uh, battling each other and making their life cold to kill one another. And I was from the very beginning of the battle, I knew that they were going to go over the edge together. Which is exactly what happened, I, and it was a beautiful ending to uh, their story. The, the um, only, the, they, if I may, the only thing I could have liked more 
is if the hound used fire to kill his brother. Like, I know they kind of said that at the end of the episode in like the director review or in depth. They're like, oh, he kills him with fire. It's like, eh, I think the drop like probably did most the of the fire. killing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I wish it was, I wish they would have spent a couple more seconds with them like hanging over the fire pit. Maybe like the mountain has the hound hanging over the fire pit. The hound looks down, sees the fire, gets scared, and then realizes that he's got to take him with him. I think, you know, if they added like, you know, 20 more seconds of something like that, it would have been a lot more meaningful. But in general, yeah, I agree with you. I think they both had to go down at the same time for sure. Yeah, it was just kind of meant to be. So, um, but it, in overall, like, it was a really good battle. And I didn't expect uh, um, the hound to get his eyes gouged out. That was like a really cringe moment. Yeah, battle. you're like, oh no, he's doing it to him. Yeah. Uh, so, um, who was the character earlier in the earlier season that he did that? He was a. Uh, the, the scorpion Oberyn. or the cobra Oberyn. Oberyn, Oberyn yep. Martell. Yeah. Oh, bold. Like that's such a cringy, dirty thing to do to someone. And to like, actually like such a power yeah. move. Oh, it's so gross. But, um, yeah, it was a be- That was a good battle. But, um, and the end, I think it was kind of a cheap way for us. Uh, like they got out easy. Seriously got out way too easy. I was like, from the beginning, I was hoping Arya was going to find them. And uh, and honestly, if Arya would have just stayed where she was, Cersei would have ran right into her. So I don't oh, understand. Oh, for sure. Well, because Arya she... gave it up. Arya gave up wanting to get revenge. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I... know. That was, an, that was an interesting transition for Arya from, to go from wanting revenge to wanting to help people and then ended up like, Getting these people killed and then almost dying herself. Like, that was a really interesting uh, transition. Cersei's death did not make me happy, but it is pretty Game of Thrones to do stuff that upsets you like that. Like, oh, Cersei kind of gets her ideal death of with Jamie, and Jamie gets his of dying in the arms of his lover or whatever. It's like. It it is kind like although I don't like it, like it is kind poetic. of it is kind of Game of Thrones to do that to us and allow the quote unquote enemy to get kind of their way in the way they die. Yeah. Uh Brent, you want to run us through the Arya stuff or Nick? Um I the Arya stuff was was nice. I mean it was is well shot, like beautifully shot. I found I found a way that was kind of confusing, and I'm I'm really interested to see the the outcome of it. Um, I know in Game of Thrones lore, like especially in the books, there's the the whole prophecy of the pale mare, that horse that she found at the end. However, having not followed the books before, I was left a little confused about what that means. I'm excited to see what that the future of that leads uh, to. I I thought that it was nice that she left on. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have much. It didn't do too much for me. I, it was it was like really nice, well cinematically shot, but it didn't. It didn't seem like she should survive. Like I, I felt like she should have got crushed by, like she got really lucky, and everyone else around her is dead, but she survived. Like, screamed plot armor to me. I, I don't know if anyone else got that vibe, but oh, that one didn't feel like plot, plot armor to me too much. Like I don't think there's any situation there where I felt that she was in any major danger. Like. I guess I I didn't see it as plot armor. I thought I saw it as like 
more of like a Jon Snow type of plot armor where it's like, he's been in worse before. Like he's just like, he'll make it through this one. He's been in much worse. It, it, it felt like more just, I know they're trying to tell a story through her, not trying to freak us out. Like, Oh, she's going to die. Like, I don't think there was those anticipation moments, like in the battle for Winterfell where it's like, they're surrounded. They're going to like, there's no way they're out of this. Whereas this one, it was like an explosion, an explosion, an explosion. Like there wasn't anything lurking yeah, over her good. after each scene cut. If that makes sense. Yeah, you like kind of knew she'd make it out. I thought Jamie's was interesting that he didn't die right away. Like he got stabbed, looked like really badly. Yeah, he was able to go all the way up to Cersei and all the way back down to the bottom. Like he should have succumbed to his wounds. I think a little earlier, if it was realistic but it's also fantasy novel so i guess i, I, get I think it. it would have been interesting if um jamie went to like save cersei and cersei did you know it was something effective like cersei's like no like i'm giving up on you like so, some sort of twist that makes it that way cersei give up on him and then that would force jamie to kill her i mean i think that's what a lot of people have predicted so again I, i'm I'm not, it is kind of Game of Thrones-esque of Game of Thrones to do something that nobody predicted and nobody thought and wanted to happen. But I think it would have been a better complete to Jamie's story. Are you saying they, if I may, are you saying they, they subverted our expectations? Maybe. I don't, I don't know if it's they subverted our expectations or if they made sure what happened isn't what everybody expected. that's called a synonym sure <laughs> uh no i only say that because there are uh there are videos out there that are ripping the 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 uh D D. there's D uh new rear ends if you will basically saying they're like two little kids who figured out uh, a new technique to uh you know use in their in their work and it's called subversion so they just said okay if we can just constantly subvert everyone's expectations you think john or daenerys are going to be the ones to kill the night king well nope guess what subversion Arya, who has no you know issue with the night king other than the fact that he's death is is going to be the one to kill the night king and it has no meaning whatsoever uh, okay, well, that's that's subverting your expectations. And there's just a bunch of twists that are broken out and kind of say, okay, everything that should have been wasn't because they just said, oh, well, you know, George R. R. Martin does it by just constantly, you know, twisting and turning at the last second and subverting your expectations. We'll do the same thing. And uh, they just ruined everything, uh, frankly. If we can get into the opinion section, um, this is happy to see that i was not the only fan who was incredibly disappointed who is in this episode in in the whole series yes in in how religiously uh they have followed george r R. martin's the character development the story arcs everything for jamie lannister to not kill cersei to not have any kind of redemption to not do anything relevant is ridiculous for euron Greyjoy to have finally made it to screwing the queen to just going off and challenging Jamie Lannister to a one-on-one fight and dying despite being able to kill, you know, some of the best assassins from Dorne. Granted, you could say he was on a ship, but it's still just a fight. And he got beat by a one-handed man. Like, well, he, he'd also just swam to shore because his ships got destroyed. So he was already tired. I'll give him that one. Eh. 
just it's just bad storytelling. It's just bad writing. I don't know about that either because Jamie's supposed to be like the greatest swordsman ever. Granted, he's one handed and it's a, his non dominant hand now that he's sword fighting in, but he's still. It's like if Dylan, because he's really good at shooters, went and played a, pr- a brand new shooter, or even you, Nick. Like, you play a shooter, even if it's a brand new one, you're going to be halfway decent because you already get it. I think it's the same kind of thing. Like, Jamie was already like a master swordsman. He's not as good, but he's still pretty damn good. He didn't beat him with superior sword play. He he lost in a wrestling match. Uh, if I may, uh, how did Jamie Lannister live so long with two stab wounds to the side of his chest? That's what I said. Yep. To be fair, yeah. that I, I kind wanna, of blade is not up. a cutting blade, so it, you, you probably could live a little that bit That blade was in his chest. <laughs> no, it was in the side of him. But Yeah, yeah the side of him into his chest. <laughs> I will. I and will, he lived for like hours. <laughs> if I may, I will take myself out of the conversation under the theory of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, so I'm going to give my one nasty note, which I shouldn't say, but I want to um, say it. Every video source that I respect has basically been ripping uh, this this and last season a new rear end for how badly they butchered the characters, the story arcs, everything. Uh, the the favorite line I had from one of the uh, content creators on YouTube was, I hope D- uh, D&D never get work again as any kind of director, producer, anything. Like oh, they, can, they can oversee some visually stunning, beautiful scenes, but as far as storytelling and uh, – and, That's about it. Nothing. They they should not be involved ever. I am legitimately going to write a letter to HBO about my disappointment. And oh, we want to see right. that letter. I, okay, I, am, I am quite legitimately going <laughs> to write the letter and provide feedback because I am that disappointed. And that's about the only thing I can do as a fan is to share my note that if if there is ever another Game of Thrones prequel or a remake or anything. Um, these two should not be involved with writing anything. And, and that was the line that the content creator essentially uh, put out there. And, and that made me very happy because I'm not the only one who feels this way. The prequel is shooting this summer and it is not done by those two. Interesting. From from what I've been reading though, the like episode followed like this episode more than others in the past few have followed like J.R.R. Martin's couple of like his his ideas well, more than they have to, they have to get to it. They only have one more episode after this one. I, a <laughs> they good literally point. had, they had to, to get follow to him it. at some point. They were forced to follow him because they they had no other time they could have burned. Yeah, that's All true. Right. So if I may, uh, as someone who hasn't read any of the books uh, and doesn't know anything about like how the books are written, honestly, like I still think this is a, like. I hear all this negativity, but I still think it's a good show and I'm still intrigued when I watch it and I'm enjoying watching it. And that's uh, what I said last week, but you were, I know, I know. And I understand, I, I, I agree with you that like as someone that's not fully involved in all of the comments afterwards and like a super fan that it's still, it's not a bad show. And there's a lot of people in the, like that's watching it that still enjoys it. Yeah, Nick. It doesn't prove that you hate it and don't even watch the final episode. Prove it, Nick. Oh. <laughs> you won't. You, you won't. Watch You'll watch episode. it. I know you will. Ironically, for the first time ever, 
we were going to potentially be late for getting home from the weekend and not be able to watch the episode. And uh, I basically told Megan, yeah, I really don't care. Like if, if we get home late, uh, I'll watch it. Like I'll, I'll watch it before I go to bed. Certainly. But no, no, no. You need, you're on I, strike. I don't feel the need. I don't feel the need Take to watch a stand, it live. Nick. I don't care. It's just not worth it. And even Megan was like, you're that pissed off. I'm like, yep. Take a stand, Nick. Don't even watch it at well, all. I still think it's a good series and I'm out and people will still rewatch it, especially if a prequel comes out, everyone's going to watch that. Yeah. Um, and my, so. my, my big thing is I just, ex- I have to accept it as one version of a storytelling it is not a good version, but it is a version of how the story goes. Uh, I, that's just kind of what I've condemned myself to having to believe. Nick, do you believe the theory going around that Martin has finished the books, but is no, waiting no until way. the no the show is coming? Just one of the actors no have said that that came out like he's written the books, but he's waiting until the audience reacts to see how he should change it. Have that. you seen, there's a bar graph or a, a line plot graph out there somewhere showing like pages written per time period. George R. R. Martin is the slowest writer in the history of great writers. There's no way he has both books done. Yeah. I, I don't subscribe to that theory. Uh, I would be thrilled if he did and he wouldn't be doing it to watch the reaction. He doesn't write for, for yeah. the reaction. He's he's beyond that. Done, and he contractually has to wait, which would actually be one of the best sales ploys ever to wait for your t- the TV version of your book to be done, and then if people like it or don't like it, then they have the book version that has more detail and everything wrapped up, or you know however you want to look at it. It would be a great marketing move to whip that out about you know announce it a week after, but. I, I think the the truth lies more in the in the way of he's just not done yet, and it's because it's so detailed, because it's so good, because there there are so many you know subplots and theories and um, the political realm that he creates. It's so massive. I think he's even commented in interviews he'll never do anything this big again because the ball of yarn's gotten so huge that I mean it's hard for him to even keep it together. Right. Even he struggles with, oh, wait, no, he can't do that because uh, we, that character's over here. And, and he I already said this do, prophecy. Like, exactly. He doesn't do tr- time travel bullshit like in the show. He doesn't do all these different things that the show's just like, oh, yeah, of course they were above the wall. You know, it's a Lord the of the Rings and- quality book where every little detail, even the language, the, the yes. despair languages were thought out and figured out, you know what the words actually mean and you know basically inventing his own language for it kind of thing it's it's that level of detail there have been like people who want to build a recipe book based on his descriptions of food from feasts in the book like there's that much detail that much uh crap that goes into this that like doesn't come quickly to describe something and make that kind of a masterpiece like you're watching a master at work. You're reading a, a masterpiece and not yet just like with like a Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit series or, or whatever. Um, did you guys uh, it's, see it's that level? Did you see the post I, I posted about um, basically they're on Facebook? They're looking deleted. Nope. Nope. Not on Facebook. Basically, they're <laughs> looking for uh, teachers 
to teach uh, the Dalthraki language because it is better. It is more. It is a better language than Elvish from Lord of the Rings. Uh, that they there's like full. I'm trying to think of the salary, but it was like a fifty thousand dollar job to teach like full time teach Dalthraki because it was a more complete language than Elvish in Lord of the Rings. They're looking for teachers. There is that no can... word for thank you in Dothraki, Khaleesi. I thought that was super interesting. That they're looking That's for just comical, but they're looking for language to teach it. Yeah, it cool. brings up a good point though um, about how like Tolkien was able to to wrap things up so nicely, and, and J.R.R. Martin, like J.R.R. Martin, probably can do that. But what if he doesn't? Like, is there something to be he said? He said for... it was going to be a Lord of the Rings esque ending. But, like, if you think about, like, sequel, like, anytime a series ends, and I, I think mostly for TV, like, nine times out of ten, if a TV series ends, I'm disappointed in it. Mainly because it sucks, but then also because the show I really like is done. There's and no it's more. over, and there's not going to be any more. Like, there's just a, a inherent disappointment in the fact that something great is over. Like, can can he actually make something that's going to live up to fans expectations especially because especially for game of thrones the expectations are astronomical is george spelled with a j or g for george rr R. martin because you g. keep saying j rr R. martin i i meant g i meant g uh i apologize <laughs> nice to, to george george rr you martin you get i am sorry george. I, meant, I apologize george. to george R. R. martin right there right. dylan you want to wrap us up i think we're are we, are we good on game of thrones talk um, I think so. All right, that was episode 48 of If I May. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, there's a new episode every Thursday. Um, you can support us. Uh, you can buy merch. Uh, subscribe, share, rate, and review.